Welcome back to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiba, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of creativity with you. Each week, I'm hashtag gifting you two episodes with ways you can become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best-kept industry secrets to creating content worth remembering. Sound good? All right, let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ayo, it's time for the goods. Each week, we're going to highlight some of the haps, the 411, the hot topics in the creative industry, in advertising, marketing, and influencer world alike. The purpose of this is to bring you into the conversations that go on within the culture of the creative industry, an industry that you're a part of, by the way. So I hope to inspire you, empower you, and invite you to have a seat at the table. So at the time that this episode went live... Um, it was actually the Met Gala a few days ago. And events like the Met Gala are really, really great content opportunities. You probably saw a lot of influencers sharing their favorite looks and meme accounts, turning some of the looks that maybe we didn't really love into hilarious, entertaining content. The point is, events like the Met Gala set trends, and trends are brands' ways of giving you what you want building communities around their companies. We also saw this with Certified Lover Boy and the album cover that went viral. When you see a trend that you like, you subscribe, you buy, engage, join the community around this trend, what have you. And one of your branding building approaches as a content creator building a community around you is to do so via trend setting. We see this typically with fashion and beauty creators, but trends are a part of any interest group. Like that's how meme influencers became a thing. Um, So think about ways that you can also kind of position yourself as somebody who's in the know or somebody who um, is capable of setting trends, kind of like the Met Gala sets trends for content opportunities amongst brands and content creators alike. So something to think about. Um, I saw an article actually um, interviewing fashion blogger Kali Pasilia achieving success in the influencer space while staying true to your passions was the headline. And the brief sentiment of the article was that brands and PR firms started to pay attention to people who had really big followings and, and big numbers and communities. And so influencers started to treat growing and you know your influence in general on the platform kind of became a race to the top and a lot of people started to focus on their numbers and something that this fashion blogger Kali said was this is a quote from her I think maybe some of the content creation got lost along the way people were doing giveaways or they were collaborating with other really big accounts the pressure was definitely on but at some point i realized that i don't care about the numbers anymore because you get caught up with the people who only followed you just for the giveaway and if you're not enticing them 
or you're not speaking their love language, if they're not interested in fashion or like any other interest group, doesn't have to just be fashion, they're not going to continue to follow you. And I thought that was really interesting definitely to think about because we hear a lot about now about numbers and how they're not as important. But the reality is when you collaborate with a brand, they sure as hell are important um, because the tricky part is that a lot of the people who are working inside brands may not have the full um, knowledge of what exactly is the ROI when collaborating with an influencer. And so the most visible and the most quantitative one that you have as somebody working within a brand is the number of followers that an influencer has. So the problem was that influencers basically ended up having like this inflated number, right? Because like that's how you know, bots and buying followers started to become a thing is like everybody became so obsessed with having a large number of followers. So you ended up having this inflated number of followers, but nobody's like really that engaged with you. And brands were catching up to that and realizing that they should work with influencers who have engaged followings as opposed to just having a huge number and focusing on um, the people that were creating that one-on-one relationship and that authenticity with their community. So Kali also said that I really stopped focusing on the number. I don't really care. It's more important about talking to people who share the same interests as you, which if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Um, We talk a lot about target audiences here. That is the most important part of your job is understanding your audience, whether you are somebody who is advertising you know, for a brand and working within a brand, or you are an influencer who is advertising their own interests, their own expertise, um, your lifestyle, your vibe, and then ultimately working with brands to like kind of connect to their story as well. Your target audience is your biggest priority and you should always concentrate on your target audience, what they're expecting, what they would like, and then finding a way to give that to them in a way that also doesn't sacrifice your approach and your interests. So it's definitely a really interesting, interesting article. And that being said, I recently signed up to, um, I found this website through an Instagram ad actually (laughs) called influence weekly. And they have these weekly newsletters that kind of give you like a skimmed report of what's going on in the influencer industry. There are also bits and pieces about things that brands are doing, which is great. But I think that they're super helpful to get an understanding of what's going on in the influencer sector of the advertising industry, which is which is your sector, which is the community that you belong to. So I highly recommend that you sign up because you should know what's going on in the industry that you're a part of. You should see what other brands are doing, how you can continue to be a part of brand collaborations, not just somebody who posts on their behalf or gives up real estate on your feed, but as somebody who can actually be part of a brand experience or a brand stunt or collaboration or something larger. So highly recommend that. It was super useful and I found it really interesting. So that's why I'm sharing it here. That's it for this week's goods. As always, DM at Kindly Gifted Podcast or tweet at Kindly Gifted Pod with any thoughts you have on the goods or submit noteworthy hot topics directly to this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash kindly gifted. Okay, so how do you guarantee that a brand collaboration is going to be successful, at least from your end as a creator? Well, there is a way. (laughs) 
Um, I said guarantee because I'm pulling this information from an industry that's been around since at least the early 1900s. Actually, interestingly enough, one of the first books ever written about advertising, which is an industry you're a part of as a content creator, by the way, is called Scientific Advertising. And Claude Hopkins, who is the author, wrote Scientific Advertising in 1923, but his insight into consumer behavior and the behavior of what is known as your target audience still holds, okay? So the aim was to explain the rules of advertising and what makes consumers buy, so purchasing behaviors, right? So that advertising returns would become a certainty and not a guess. Certainty, not guessing is the way that I want you to approach your brand collaborations as well, okay? That's how you become worth paying more. That's how you become unforgettable. That's how you become worth trusting from the perspective of someone who's following you and someone who's working with you. So the secret sauce of brand collaborations is something that we in the advertising industry call social listening. Now, it's exactly what it sounds like it's listening to your audience and what they're telling you on social media your audience builds your influence by reinforcing it or contributing to it in any way so your job is to listen to them in order to understand what value you can provide them or what problems of theirs you can help solve or what um aspirational nature you can give to them or reinforcement support which are all in some sense problems kind of right so social listening in the brand world is when brands will directly respond to something that you said on social media and it doesn't necessarily have to be um that about something that concerns them directly. So for example, it could be you posting a Google review for a restaurant and then the restaurant responding to your review, either thanking you or prompting you to contact them if you didn't have a good time, right? But what brands do in order to get to know their audience members is also something, for example, specifically, I'm talking about social media here, is like for, I saw Tinks, right? It's me, Tinks post um a video on tiktok about her date with diplo which by the way if you are invested in this as i am you are my person like it was so cute anyways she if you don't know what i'm talking about she basically has this like fantasy for diplo (laughs) and is like obsession with him but anyways they actually went on a date and tinder commented i also believe i saw trojan the condom brand comment and although Tinks's like mini vlog about her date with Diplo did not concern Tinder or Trojan at all it kind of did though because it was about dating and those brands are all in that market so it was a way for them to start conversations and raise brand awareness about something show their personality connect with other people in her comment section TikTok comments from brands, by the way, in general are hilarious and I love them. So that's just a little, a little tangent. But another example of social listening is where brands actually create tight relationships with their prospective audience. So that would be like something, for example, if I tweeted, oh my God, it's been such a long morning already. I'm on my way to get a third cup of coffee and it's not even 12 o'clock, right? And then like the coffee chain tim hortons would respond and says oh here's a cup of fuel on us with like a link to a free coffee coupon 
that's also social listening because they saw that I had an issue. They saw I had a problem. They have a channel to reach out to me directly and provide me with some sort of value to help solve my issue or then make me feel like, wow, like they're really on my side as a brand and try to get me to be part of their community as a consumer or an audience member or what have you. Now, why is that important to you as a creator? First of all, Social listening is something you already do every day when you comment on somebody else's posts who you think is going to enjoy your content. Like when you are fishing through hashtags and liking and commenting on people's content that you think would be attracted to what you're posting, that's social listening. You also do this when you respond to comments on your posts or have conversations with your followers in the DMs. That's also social listening because chances are they responded to something because they liked it or that you helped them with a recommendation. So they wanted to have a conversation with you about that and you participating in that reinforces the trust that they are building with you as a brand because as a creator, you, you are a brand, okay? If you also have merch or like a product-based business or a social media account linked to like some service that you provide or, or a podcast that you have or whatever. When you give somebody special access to something or discount codes or whatever, but for them like signing up to your email list or if they commented saying that they want to be part of like um, a beta group that you have for some course that you're launching or if they expressed excitement about your merch and they were like I've been your day one since day one like that's somebody to keep in mind and dm them and be like oh here's code gen 20 for 20 percent off my like merch drop it ends up creating this bond and tight relationship with them right the important part of all of this And this is the part about like actually working with a brand is that when you want to collaborate with a brand or you want a sponsorship from a brand, you want this to be genuine, right? You want it to be like an authentic partnership of you promoting something that you love, correct? And I hope you're nodding yes, because we've already talked about false advertising on this podcast. And if you haven't heard that conversation or you're new here, listen to episode seven. We talk about that and... If you are advertising something that you hate or you've never tried, um, that is a crime. So I just listen to episode seven about false advertising. But anyways, if you bought a product, for example, from Charlotte Tilbury and you loved it and you shared it organically on social media, literally this is the actionable advice also here besides the fact that now you know that what you do on social media and interacting with your followers is called social listening. Um, here's the other piece of really, really important actionable advice. When you shared that thing that you loved organically, you just wanted to share it, right? Literally tally up the responses that you got to that post, screenshot them, write them down, copy, paste, do what you got to do. Leave out the like emoji comments and the like, oh my God, love this meaningless type of shit. Tally up the comments, story tags, reshares, DMs, saves, You know, if you have screenshots of some of these things where somebody's like, oh my God, I was looking for that for forever. Thank you so much. Or like, you really helped me with this hack or this product. Like literally screenshot that stuff. Screenshot the number of saves, obviously, and like story reshares, whatever. Anything that shows you that your followers were actually impacted by that post or by that product recommendation or service recommendation that you made. 
tap on the profiles of the people commenting and tagging and messaging so you can learn more about who they are because these people could become your biggest fans if they aren't already, okay? And then the information that you tallied up or you took screenshots of, right, use that to then pitch a collaboration with a brand. There is nothing I dislike more than people asking to collaborate with a brand when they have no evidence but their amount of followers as to why that partnership would work. And they're over here like, oh, stupid brand. They didn't respond. And I pitched to them. Okay, did you tell them why that collaboration would actually be worth them investing into besides the fact that you have 20,000 followers? This is something that can help you do that, right? As a brand, providing me with just a number of followers and not any information about why you love the products that you, that you shared or, or that we have or your audience's reaction to those organic product recommendations, it, that, if you don't provide me with that information as a brand, it tells me nothing about how successful our, our collaboration is going to be. It doesn't give me a reason to pay you as a storyteller. So yeah, either I then look at the number of followers you have and treat you like a human billboard and be like, okay, well, I mean, they have 50,000 followers. I guess I'll pay 150 bucks to have a post on the feed, you know? Or if I'm like, yeah, I don't know this is going to be worth it because even if I look at the number of followers you have and then I look at your like analytics and metrics I still don't see that it's worth it, then I move your email to trash. So the whole point of this is to listen to your followers, to your prospective followers. It's just like having a real life conversation. When you listen, you learn and you're able to continue the conversation, right? So do the same thing online. You wouldn't want someone to ignore what you said in person, right? So don't do that to your online community either. When they tell you, and they will tell you, that they love something or you impacted them or you gave them value or they have a question, literally pay attention to their behavior because they will show you whether or not what you're doing is working. And if it is working and that happened to be linked to some sort of product or service recommendation from a brand that you already love, take those responses, take those numbers to the brand and pitch it because now you actually have evidence for why that collaboration between you and the brand would work. You feel me? Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.